Hello and welcome to the Fidelity Next podcast, a podcast for post-secondary students brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada, where we'll provide you with the tools you need to navigate your impending career successfully in today's landscape. Over the last three years, we've seen our work environments truly evolve. Today, companies around the world are leading the charge as they adopt extraordinary changes in the way employees work, changes that truly encourage flexibility and productivity and position us to be successful in ways that are unique to us. Diana Godfrey, Senior Vice President of Human Resources, joins host Emily Enenuevo in discussing how Fidelity Canada is a key part of hybrid working, a new work evolution. This new dynamic way of working offers Fidelity employees a balanced, flexible, and supportive working environment. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada ULC or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy or an endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses, and commissions are all associated with fund investments. Diana, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Emily. I'm actually really happy to be sitting down with you today. First of all, in person, lovely to see you face to face in our beautiful studio. But this is such a great topic because obviously work and our work environments have truly changed over the last three years. So before we get to the actual changes in our office place. Let's touch upon, um, you know, three years ago when the pandemic hit, what major changes did you see in our work environment? And how did Fidelity handle all those changes in the first few months? You know, it's a great question. I'd say the first day was instrumental. So we left on a Thursday night to go home and, you know, test working from home on the Friday. And then we called all the employees and said, don't come back. I thought we'd be out for a couple of weeks. Uh, You know, fast forward, we were out for two and a half years. We had some false starts in trying to come back. We had a handful of employees holding down the fort and managing the work that has to be done in the office. And everybody else worked from home. So we had to deploy technology. We had to ensure people had the right setups, internet capabilities, that they had office Um, furniture that allowed them to work easily. It was, you know, just a really, really, I don't even know how to describe it. We had such an enormous change in such a short period of time, and we were really responsive. And everybody stepped up to the plate in a way that we'd never had to do before. And our clients didn't suffer. And we wanted to ensure that they were, you know, first and foremost in our thoughts, but we wanted to ensure our employees were okay. That's really what we focused on. Absolutely. And funny enough, everybody thought it was only going to last a few weeks, right? I mean, if the change, like you said, was so fast and so rapid, and you've been in this business a long time here at Fidelity for over 20 years. I mean, have you ever seen something like this before? No. So, you know, I remember SARS, so that dates me a little. I was actually quarantined during SARS because my daughter had had surgery at the hospital where the second outbreak was. That was a 10-day stay-at-home quarantine, and SARS came and went relatively quickly. This was not something we'd anticipated, and we had to write a new playbook for it. 
Absolutely. But at the same time, there was always a plan to get people back into the office space if that's what they wanted. Um, what major changes and what sort of main feedback did you hear from Fidelity employees before we came back into the office space? I'd say the primary concern was safety. And that was at the forefront of everything that we did. Um, you know, we're a conservative company by nature, just, you know, by virtue of the business that we're in. And, and I mean that in a positive way, not in a negative way. And we took the same approach to return, ensuring that at the time we were social distancing, that masking was available, that, um, you know, that sanitizer was available, that it was a voluntary return initially. We wanted to ensure that those who were really uncomfortable didn't didn't have to return initially and that they had the flexibility to say they were uncomfortable. Again, as long as it worked for our customers, for each other, and for the organization, we were, we were good to go. So big and small changes definitely had to occur before everybody physically could come back to the office right. and a new dynamic working environment came to be. Diana, explain what this whole concept of dynamic working is all about. Yeah, I'm really excited. So, you know, the first thing I would say is I tend to describe it as the unintended positive consequences of COVID demonstrated to the organization that we could have a flexible work environment. So dynamic working is our tagline, if you will, for a flexible workspace or hybrid working environment. You know, I mentioned that there are a handful of people that need to be in the office, so they have a different work arrangement. But dynamic working encouraged the leaders in the organization to work with the employees to identify what the best work pattern was for them. And so work pattern meaning how often do I need to be in the office? When do I need to be in the office? Who do I need to meet with when I'm in the office? So that, yes, we were flexible. Yes, we were hybrid. But when employees were coming in, they weren't just sitting on, you know, their desktops doing what they could do from home, that they had a meaningful experience when they were in the office. So we've worked really hard to identify the best way for all of us to work. And I love that whole concept about work patterns because it's very customized to the individual. Obviously, you talk to your manager about the, your flexible hours or whatnot, whatnot, but the company really tries to embrace that flexibility, right? I would agree. I think there are some roles that lend themselves to more flexibility than others, but our goal through the process is flexibility. So if you have that mindset going in, you you review and, and set the schedules in a way that's different because your mindset is let's have flexibility. So Diana, if you can further elaborate on the three main categories and roles under dynamic working, what are they? So we have, as I mentioned earlier, um, fully in office roles. So those are the individuals whose work requires them to be in the office. They might be touching paper, opening mail, et cetera. So they were here all through the pandemic when we were all working from home. We have fully remote roles. So those individuals that um, don't work in the office at all, and it allows us to reach a different labor force, either in a, an area of the country where we don't have an office to bring people to, or perhaps somebody who has limitations that can't you know, commute into the office or somebody who just wants to. And then we have you know, what most of our workforce does, and that is the flexible 
um, group that may have fixed days in the office or may have variable days in the office. It would depend on the arrangements they've made with the manager and how the manager has identified the needs of the group. And I think probably the best way to um, elaborate on that is give an example. So I'll give my example. I work in the office two days a week. Typically, my days are Monday and Tuesday, but I have the flexibility to change those around to meet the needs of the organization. So we have a team meeting Wednesday this week. So I'm going to work from the office Tuesday, Wednesday this week. Obviously, if I need to come in more often, I will, but it provides the flexibility to adjust the days. And I think the key word there is flexibility. And and my own personal example, I have two daughters under the age of five. So for me, in that flexible hybrid working environment, I have time to do the pickup and the drop off at school. And and I think what's really great about um, this whole flexible schedule is that it's customized to your your work pattern and your life at home, really, truly. Working with your manager, absolutely. I think the idea is that we want everybody in the same role to work, you know, in the same way, but there is some flexibility around how that works. Excellent. So if you can go into detail about the specific benefits of this dynamic working environment for both the employee and the company and organization. Sure. To me, they're they're endless, to be honest. Um, I think that it has provided us with the opportunity to have meaningful exchanges in the office. So what we don't want to do is have people that are working hybrid in hybrid roles coming in and doing the same work that they would do at home. You know, then they don't need to be here. So we're making a real effort to say when you're in the office, there's either meaningful work or meaningful exchanges taking place. So what do I mean by exchanges? Could be social, could be training, could be team meetings could be collaboration. You know, there are so many different things, but what it's forced us to do as managers is think about what the experience is like. I think it's really critical to understand that the client is at the center of everything that we do, but it doesn't mean that we can't meet their needs and meet the needs of the organization as well and our employees. And I think that is a wonderful place to be. I think we've adapted the workplace to create collaboration space that's more interesting than it was in the past. We've created socialization places. You know, did I ever think we'd have a ping pong table, a foosball table, a library? Because, you know, some people want quiet time when they have a break. They don't want personal interaction if they've been doing meetings all day. So I think what we've done is recognize that everybody's different, created spaces that work for everybody. And I think that that's kind of cool. Actually, can you go into those specific examples of how the office physically changed? I remember when I stepped back into the office for the first time after how many years, it looks so different. And there's some really cool features to the office, if you can go into that. Sure. Well, we've gone into shared space, as you know. So everybody gave up their offices and gave up their cubes. We have lockers to store things, which is nice. So we don't have to drag everything back and forth. Um, But... Uh, we've set up neighborhoods so that people that typically work together can be side by side if they're in. 
that said, we also understand the need for collaboration with our colleagues. So there's a lot of collaboration space, but there's also quiet spaces, little rooms if you want to go make a phone call, if there's two people to have a meeting. All of our meeting rooms are equipped to allow for hybrid meetings. Um, the technology has improved dramatically since before COVID. So I think it's allowed us to work differently and, and not sort of miss a beat. And then, you know, there are team socials that take place. I would say the finance team sits next to HR and they had set up, as an example, had set up a gaming room um, one I don't know what day of the week it was afternoon, but I was here and they were all in doing that. And they had a foosball table set up and they had snacks brought in. And it was a way to pull everybody together just to say hi and talk for a little while. And I think those exchanges are really important because we don't want to lose the culture that we have. I absolutely love all the new spaces at, for collaboration and creativity. My personal favorite is the barista on site where, you know, I know my life is fueled by caffeine. So whenever I have a moment to, to, to visit the barista, we have coffee on site, which is really neat. It is great. And I have London fog. So it's not just <laughs> yeah. coffee. There's tea drinkers. I would say, that, you know, the other thing that we've done that we didn't have before was a wellness center. And our wellness center is amazing. So we took advantage of the fact that everybody was out of the office to rebuild some of our spaces. And so our wellness center has everything from showers to mother's rooms to a, a prayer room with, you know, with water and, you know, to allow for bathing, ritual bathing. Um, you know, we've got a lot of things we didn't have in the past. And, uh, you know, another unintended positive consequence of COVID, really hard to do those builds when everybody's in the office, a lot easier to do it when people have stepped out. And what I also wanted to point out is that this was this feedback, the, these new features directly from feedback from employees, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we've wanted to have a mother's room. We've wanted to have a a prayer room with running water. We've wanted to have all of those things for a while. We had spaces, but they were all disparate. They were, you know, sort of peppered throughout the organization. Having them in one place and creating, you know, a center that promotes calmness, all of those things has been really life-changing for us. And how important it is to take care of your mental health during these days. I mean, we've learned so much about that during the pandemic and Fidelity has programs in place to help with that, right? Absolutely. So I think the first thing is we knew people needed help during the pandemic. And so we changed a lot of our programs at the time, everything from online healthcare to pharmaceutical delivery to increasing our mental health coverage so that employees weren't reaching the maxes and the caps on our benefit programs because it's not only our employees, it's their families too. So we wanna make sure that more stress isn't created because the family's not getting help. So we did all of those things, but what we realize now is we might've had some of the challenges before, but we just didn't know. And they're not going away because we've come out sort of the other end. So those programs stay in place and it changes the way that um, our employees can seek support. Yeah, absolutely. And lastly, Diana, what do you see in terms of the future of dynamic working and, and the changes, you know, that it's going to involve into? 
You know, I think what's really exciting about this whole thing is it's an evolution. So it's it's well and good to put a program in place and change a work environment, but it's not it's not static. It's not, you know, we stay status quo. We continue to evaluate whether it's working. We continue to evaluate whether it's meeting our clients' needs, whether our culture's been impacted. We tweak based on feedback. We have lots of conversations about it. We run, as you know, company town halls, business updates, where we seek feedback and ask questions. We survey our employees regularly, our wellness surveys and our engagement surveys. And honestly, those are the things that inform us. They help us understand whether we're doing the right things. And if we're not, we can tweak. And if we are, we can continue to evolve and only get better. It's, it's really exciting. It is truly exciting times. Diana, thank you so much for sitting down with me. It's been lovely to get your insights into how Fidelity has changed, the way we work, how we work. Really, really interesting. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Emily. Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Next podcast, brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada. You can visit fidelity.ca for details on future live webcasts, Follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter and subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice.